0: Church from the ground up. We started this church about five and a half years ago, and we have very purposefully created a culture based upon seven core values. And so over the course of these seven last weeks of summer, we are talking about what our values are and the culture that that creates. So three weeks ago, I talked about our number one culture, the very most important culture we have, which is God, we value God. Jesus said the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we talked about how if we really love God, and if God is our number one value, it will lead to a culture of worship. And so that's why worship is so important to us. In fact, uh, in in a group earlier this week, I was meeting with some people. Actually, it was Tuesday at our prayer meeting. We had a little discussion about what does it really mean to worship God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. How do we let worship pervade our lives 24-7? And then we prayed about that for a while. And that's so important to us. I I love hearing people talk about how do I worship God more? How do I worship God better? How does worship pervade my life? And that's our number one value. And then two weeks ago, I talked about our second value, which is life. Jesus said, I have come to give them life in all of its abundance, One translator puts it this way, Jesus came to bring life that is more and better than any life you could have ever dreamed of. And I talked about the fact that if we really have any compassion for people, and if we've experienced the abundant life that Jesus offers, we will be on mission helping other people discover life. So by valuing life, it creates a culture of mission. And then last week, I talked about our third uh, value, which is relationships, and I talked about how valuing relationships results in a culture of community or results in a, in a culture of communion, which is probably even a better word, that relationships go deep, that we don't just love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, but Jesus said the second commandment is just as important, love your neighbor as yourself. And so those three values really are our top values. It leads to this phrase that we have up on the wall during this series that says, we are a community of worship and mission. And that phrase reminds us what we're all about. We really are a community. We're a group of people who loves each other deeply, and we're committed to being people of worship. We're committed to being people who are on mission helping other people reconnect to God, and that pretty much summarizes who we are. But now we're going to kind of turn a corner and we're going to talk about the last four values that we have adopted as a Connect Church family. And these last four really are values that make us distinct or different or maybe even quirky. Uh, You probably have come to Connect and you've said to yourself, this is unlike any church I've ever been to. Well, it's because we have values that are unique to us. I fundamentally believe that those top three values, God, life, relationships, ought to be top values for any church. But now when we go on to these last four, uh, teamwork, improvement, culture, and fun, these really are the values that make us distinct and and different than maybe other churches that you've been a part of. So I'm kind of excited to share these with you. Uh, today we're going to talk about teamwork. Before I launch into that, though, let me just share... Uh, something with you. Uh, Whenever we talk about values and we talk about purpose and mission, all these kinds of things, people often come up to me and they say, Pastor Russ, where is Connect Church going? What's your vision for the future? And that's been a question that several people have asked me recently and it sparked some conversations and so I just thought this morning I'll share with you a little bit about what I see for the future of Connect Church. First of all, Uh, When I'm asked that question, the first thing that comes to mind is that I want to make more disciples. I want to make more disciples. That is my unwavering commitment. And I don't want to just make more Christians, but I want to make better Christians. You know what I'm talking about? Disciples aren't just converts, but disciples are people who go deep with Jesus. And so while we're on mission, absolutely, 100% as connectors, we're also on mission to help people go deep in their relationship with Christ. And so I'm really excited... Uh, The first part of September, we're going to be launching a new teaching series called Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith, and we're going to be talking about the different catalysts that help you go deeper with Jesus, and we're going to be doing some things a little differently and, and changing some things up so that if you want to go deeper with Jesus, you really can become more and more of a disciple, and so that's part of our vision for the future. But on a larger scale, we are also, as a church, completely committed to the principle of church planting. And this is something that I maybe haven't talked about as often as I should, but we believe 100% in planting new churches. Uh, six years ago when Chris and I moved to the Gallatin Valley, we came here because over the course of time we had seen more and more studies that revealed that people who don't have a church background are more inclined to visit a new church than they are to visit a church that's been around for 75 or 80 years. And because we believe in being on mission and helping people reconnect to God, we decided that rather than uh, pastor a church somewhere that's been around forever, we wanted to start a new church that would be on mission reaching people that didn't have a church. One of the phrases that we used in those early days was, Connect Church is a new church for people who don't have a church. And... uh, and it's been thrilling to see what God has done and how many people have come to faith in Jesus because of the ministry of this church. But early on, we felt like God gave us a vision for planting new churches in each of the large cities of Montana. And, and that was our, our, our vision early on, and we prayed about it and we talked about it. And, and uh, one of the things that happened that was really Hard for me to process was I think we were about a year and a half in and we were all full of chutzpah and, and we decided to plant a church in Billings. And so we had a church planting pastor and we developed a team and we, we sent them off and, and Connect Church Billings was launched. Connect Church Billings was launched and then Connect Church Billings took a quick nosedive and, and died a sudden death. And uh, really discouraging to me because I felt like we had failed. And so, over the next several years, I, I have struggled with that failure, and, and I've been asking God, um, how, "How did I hear you wrong? You know, is it really not our vision? Have you not called us to plant more churches in Montana?" And uh, in February of this year, I had a very significant um, time of introspection and reflection and prayer, and God has really renewed that vision. To plant new churches around Montana, just this last week, in our global leadership, <clears throat> Global Leadership Summit say that fast, six times. Glo- How many of you went to Summit? We took 35 leaders with us. It was awesome. One of the things that several of the speakers talked about this week is that great leaders fail. Great leaders fail. Uh, Some of the Fortune 500 companies won't even hire somebody unless they have failed big time. One of the leaders of the Willow Creek Association failed in one of his previous, he was was a leader of a Fortune 100 company. He had a $10.1 million failure and he's still working because leaders fail and they learn from it. And it's one of the things that I've been processing with this, with this situation that we had in Billings is asking God, was that a failure or was it something I just need to learn from? The good part is, is that there's still a church in Billings that started as a result of our plant. They're just not Connect Church. They don't do what, they, what we do. They don't have our values. But that group of people has gone on to become a church. So it really isn't a failure. It was a learning experience for us. And so I've been regrouping over these last six months, and and we are committed in the future to planting more churches. We want to plant not only here in Bozeman, but Butte, Missoula, Kalispell, Great Falls, Billings. What did I miss? Helena. Helena's on the list. And so someday in the future, as God brings us leaders. And we're able to apprentice and mentor and train up leaders. We want to send out church planters to other cities in Montana that will plant good, healthy, thriving, missional churches. And so that's our vision for the future. Does that make sense? Uh, Whenever I talk about that, people ask, are you and Chris going to leave us? And I always say, nope. (laughs) Not going anywhere. Our vision is to raise up church planters who will go out and plant. We're staying here. When we moved here, we unpacked everything and threw away the boxes. So that's the way it is. All right. Let's talk about teamwork a little bit today. Teamwork. I have to grab these other notes. I completely changed everything up this morning as I was uh, praying and studying. Teamwork has been one of our core values from the very beginning. And... uh, one of the things that I can remember hearing when I was growing up, I think my mom was probably the one that said this to me when I was very young. She said, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Do it yourself. How, many, how many of you know that that is true? Okay. It is true. How many of you know that's a really bad idea? Okay. It's a really bad idea. If you're working in a large organization or if you're leading a church or anything like that, trying to do everything yourself is a really quick recipe for burnout. And uh, when we planted Connect Church, we made up our minds from the very beginning. We wanted to work with ministry teams. And so we worked really hard in the early days to gather people around us. And when we launched Connect, we had a leadership team of about a dozen people who were working together. And we would split up the responsibilities. And, of course, in those days, you you know, the, the community was very small. So the responsibilities were pretty small. I could have done everything myself, but I intentionally chose to have other people take on responsibility. And sometimes that led to a really big disaster. You know what I'm saying? One of our early church planting team members was a young man. We've been talking about him the last few weeks, and we can't even remember his name. He was with us for such a short period of time. But he was a great young man. I think he was 19, 20 years old, and we'd met him. He'd been in and out of jail and had been in all kinds of trouble in his life. And he he came to us. And he said, Pastor Russ, I really want to change my life. I want to be a part of Connect Church, whatever that is. I don't really know what that is, but I want to I wanna be a part and, and I'll help you in any way we can. So we were getting ready for one of our monthly services. In those early days, we had just one service a month. And and so I, I said to him, Listen, can you go to Albertsons and buy donuts? Because we're gonna be a donut church. So go buy donuts and And get there Sunday morning, get them all set up, and that'll be your ministry for this week. And and he was all excited. I can do that. That's really great. And I gave him some money. And uh, Saturday night before that once-a-month Sunday morning service, I got a phone call, and he was in jail again, and there were no donuts on Sunday morning. (laughs) And so we scrambled, and we went to Albertsons, and we bought all the donuts we could. and, 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 you know, every once in a while, you have those kinds of experiences that reinforce if you want a job done right... Do it yourself, and that was one of those things, but I knew that teamwork was a core value, so I wasn't going to be deterred, and over the years, five and a half years now of Connect Church, we've certainly had uh, team members who have made messes and made mistakes, and uh, and we've had to clean up different things, but overall, you know what? It's been thrilling to work together as a team. And this morning I was thinking of different people who, who have contributed so deeply to our team. And, and some of them we took big risks with. You know, some of you, you're just awesome people and you're solid and you're skilled and you know what you're doing. But every once in a while we take a risk with somebody because we, we just believe so much in the, in the value of team that we're willing to take some risks. And I was thinking this morning of Craig Claus. You remember Craig? He's uh, moved now to New Mexico uh, but Craig was, uh, was a newcomer to Connect Church, and he had never been in church before in his whole life. And Connect was the one and only church that he'd ever been a part of. And I knew that he had restaurant experience. At, at the time he came to us, Chris was still uh, leading the whole hospitality ministry, and as the church was growing, it was getting bigger and bigger. And one day I had a conversation with Craig, and I said, Craig, I know you're just new to this church thing. Uh... But I said, we really need a leader of our hospitality ministry. Could you take that on? And he said, yeah, Russ, I would love to do that. And so he took it on, and he was brilliant back there in the kitchen. And those of you that worked with him, you know what a great leader he was. And it was a risk because he was just new, right? But he hit the ball out of the park. And he took on our free love ministry on the 4th of July, hit the ball out of the park there. What an asset he was to our team And I'm so glad I took a risk with Craig. You know what I'm saying? Another risk we took was with Pastor Bruce Monforten. Uh, He came came to connect uh, at a time when when we were were experiencing a turnover in our staff. Uh, Pastor Jen Schmouts was the leader of our kids ministry. and, And those of you that knew Jen, you know that she passed away. She went to be with the Lord earlier this year. Uh, but, a couple of years ago, her health was beginning to deteriorate, and she was losing energy, and she was having a hard time keeping up with the demands of running a children 's ministry. So she came to me and she said "Russ i, I think i 'm going to have to step down." That happened almost simultaneously with the Sunday that Bruce and Katrina came to connect for the first time and I think it was about two weeks or three weeks of them coming, and a lot of times they sit right down here, so that 's why i 'm pointing right there uh, and 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 after being here two or three weeks, Bruce said, you know, Pastor Russ, I just want to serve. I want to do whatever I can to make Connect Church great. So I said, great, let's have coffee. Let's, let's talk about it. And I was shocked to learn that, that Bruce had been a pastor for many years. He had planted a church in western Washington when he was younger. He had been a children's pastor in another church. He'd been a youth pastor in still another church. And now he was working for Boeing, and he just wanted to volunteer his time at Connect. Well, I didn't know him very well, and I didn't know the wisdom of of empowering somebody like that to run a whole kids' ministry. But we prayed about it and we shared together and I just thought, you know what? We're gonna take a risk and we're gonna see what happens. And God has used Pastor Bruce and his team to just knock the ball out of the park at Connect Church. It's just been awesome. Bruce has created, uh, along with his team, that whole kids' ministry area back there. If you don't have kids, if you haven't been there, you need to go take a walk around What a godsend Bruce was. And uh, he can't hear you, but thank you for clapping anyway. Uh, But where would we be if we hadn't taken a risk and said, yes, we need you on our team? You know, it really is the beauty of teamwork. Every Sunday I walk into this building and I look around, and although our facility here is simple, I, I, I never forget the blood, sweat, and tears that it took to renovate this building, uh, if you if you weren't in here before we put up the walls, um, what you see here on the ceiling, this white plastic, that's all that was in here. Just four walls of white plastic. Everything you see, the kitchen and the and the walls and the bathrooms, everything was built here by volunteers. And it was an incredible team that put this whole facility together. It, 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 I'm speechless. <laughs> it, it saved us almost $100,000 if we had had to hire this whole thing done. And that's the value of team. How did you like the parking lot when you came in today? We bought all the materials. Many of you gave to that project. Thank you for those of you that have given financially. But all of the work was done by volunteers. And, and again, what, what would we do without our volunteers? What would we do without our team team? We, we really would be sunk. We would be sunk. And we couldn't be Connect Church without a team. So let me ask you this. How many of you here today are on some sort of a ministry team here at Connect of any sort? Raise your hands real high if you are. All right. There's a whole bunch of us that are volunteering here at Connect. And there's a whole bunch of us that uh, still could volunteer and get involved in some sort of a ministry team. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. It is our fourth value. And so uh, if you've got your Bibles today, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus chapter 18. The book of Exodus chapter 18. Kathy got up to get note cards. I forgot to mention that earlier. They're up here at the front. Feel free to come and grab them if you need them, or they're uh, back at the Welcome Center as well. Exodus chapter 18. If you're turning in your Bibles, the book of Exodus is the second book in the Bible, and... uh, Exodus is the story uh, uh, of the people of Israel coming out of Egypt. They were exiting Egypt, and that's where the word Exodus really comes from. It's a story of people moving to a new place. And their brilliant leader was a man by the name of, do you remember? Moses was the leader that helped the people come out of Egypt. And where we're going to pick up the story, uh, the people of Israel are encamped in the wilderness, and uh, and I would imagine, I'm, I'm pretty sure historically, that they were just living in tents. They, they had set up camp, and I don't know what those tents were like. They probably were not a whole lot unlike the the, the tents that you hunters go out and use. And, and I imagine some of them had separate rooms and entrances and all that kind of stuff, because this is what they lived in, right? And so they were camped in the wilderness, and Moses and his wife were living in their tent. And one day, Moses' wife's father came for a, a visit. Now, to keep this easy, I need to tell you their names. And some of you that know your Bibles really well will remember this. Do you remember the name of Moses's father-in-law? Jethro. Jethro. Very, very good. So Jethro came for a visit. Now, if Jethro were my father-in-law, I probably would have said, stay away from me, crazy hillbilly guy, you know? Because like, what would you think of having a father-in-law named Jethro? Anybody have a father-in-law named Jethro? Anybody named Jethro and I'm just insulting you really bad? Okay, okay. Didn't think so. So Jethro comes for a visit. Do you remember Moses' wife's name? Zipporah. Excellent job. Kamiko's got it. Zipporah, all right. And uh, Zipporah is one of those great Bible names that everybody wants to name their daughters, right? In fact, uh, Jacob and Kamiko, you have a new little girl with a beautiful name, Lydia. I really think you should start calling her Zipporah. (laughs) I couldn't hear you, but whatever. Yes, amen. (laughs) So here's Moses and Zipporah in their in their in their tent, and and Jethro comes calling, tap 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 on the doorframe, whatever it is. Here he is. I, I I get the sense from the story that it was kind of a surprise visit. After all, they didn't have cell phones in this, these days, right? So so here's here's Jethro visiting Moses and Zipporah, and they have this great reunion. The family's back together. They have supper. They they talk into the wee hours of the night, and then we pick up the story in Exodus 18, starting at verse 13. Here's What we see. The next day, it says, after this big reunion, the next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. And it says, they waited before him from morning until evening. So, what was happening? There really wasn't a government. Here's all these people, thousands and thousands of people in the wilderness. They don't have a government, they don't have a police force. They don't have a Supreme Court. They don't have a justice system. So anytime somebody had a disagreement or a dispute, they'd come to Moses. All right? And from morning until evening, he was settling people's disputes. And Jethro says in the next verses, he's just like, what is up with that? What Moses, you're the leader of these people. What are you doing sitting day after day listening to these people's arguments? And in verse 15, here's how Moses answered. He said... Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. And I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and gave, give them his instructions. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, it's all about me, right? Anybody remember Dick Solomon on Third Rock from the Sun? What about me? And that's kind of, that's kind of how Moses is here. He, he, he kind of has the attitude that he hears from God. He's the only one that can do it right. Nobody else can really have any wisdom to settle disputes. And Jethro says, this is not good, verse 17. This is not good. You're going to wear yourself out, he said, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. And so Jethro comes up with a great plan, and he hands it off to Moses, and he says, listen, get a team together. Get a bunch of people and, and, and get an organization. Organize them by thousands and hundreds and by tens, and that way you can have some sort of organized system to settle disputes between the people, and you can do the things that the leader of the people needs to do. And then... This is what Jethro says in verse 23. Look at this. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and these people will go home in peace. Okay? Now, what can we learn from this? If you're taking notes this morning, here's what you can write down. You ready? Leaders who try to do the job alone wear themselves out, And they wear the people out. I've never seen this before this week when I was studying this passage. Leaders who try to do the job alone wear themselves out, but not just that. They wear the people out. There's a word that describes this condition perfectly. Do you know what it is? Burnout. You cheated. You were here for service. But nobody else was calling it out so you can have a bye. Burnout. Listen. Oh, is that why she knew it? Okay. Listen, the reason people burn out in church ministries, the reason the average stay for pastors is around two years in any church organization. The reason people cycle through leadership positions in churches is because they try to do the work themselves, and they burn out, and then they just leave a trail of mess in their wake, all right? Teamwork is essential if we're going to keep everybody healthy and happy. The situation was very similar in the early church. If you've got your Bibles open, flip over to the New Testament to the book of Acts with me. Would you do that? Uh, The book of Acts is right after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 6, what we find is that the the 12 apostles are running this new organization that has just sprang to life after the day of Pentecost, and and there's all these logistical problems that everybody is clamoring about, and the apostles literally can't keep up. Specifically, what was happening is because the community was pooling their resources, and interestingly enough, what we read in the book of Acts is that people didn't just tithe 10%, listen to me, they didn't just tithe 10%. They brought everything they owned and threw it in the kitty, okay? You think 10% is, is unreasonable? How about bringing everything you own and throwing it in the kitty, okay? This was the model of the early church. And what was happening is they were distributing to anybody that had needs, And the problem that arose is there were a bunch of Greek-speaking people that didn't feel like they were getting their fair share. So they came to the apostles and they said, Look, it's not fair. Things aren't going right. And so in verse 2 of Acts chapter 6, we read this. The 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and they said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. Not that there's anything wrong with a food program. It's important. It just wasn't their job. And so verse 3, they said, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. And then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Verse 5 says, everybody liked this idea, and they chose a bunch of guys, and all their names are listed there. You can read them if you want to see. One of them became the first apostle of that, I mean, the first martyr of that early church. And so if you want to volunteer for Connect Church in some ministry responsibility, you could potentially become the first Connect Church martyr. I don't know. Um, And so they... (laughs) And so these seven men came, and they laid hands on them, and they prayed for them. And then verse 7 says this. So God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. I love that. I love that. Not only were a bunch of people coming to Jesus, but even the people responsible for crucifying Jesus were coming to faith in him. What can we learn from this? Here's what you can write down if you're taking notes. When we share the work, we accomplish the mission. When we share the work, we accomplish the mission. Or we could say it this way. When we share the work, we can stay on mission. Because we don 't get distracted, now do you think it 's true? I think it 's true, and here 's one of the reasons I know it 's true it 's because even the minions know it 's true. When we share the work, we accomplish the mission in our summit this last week, one of the presenters, Oscar Muru, who's a pastor in Kenya, said this. The more harvesters you have, the larger the harvest will be. I want to say that again. The more harvesters you have, the larger the harvest will be. You want to see Connect Church grow with people who need Jesus? Let's work together. Let's come together and work together to get the mission accomplished. Here's what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Here's the big idea for you today. If we value teamwork and if our values lead to behavior, then that value of teamwork will result in a culture of health. It will result in a culture of health. Instead of a church culture of burnout and frustration and a few people feeling like they carry the whole load, our church can be healthy when we're all working together. We were reminded this last week at our conference of, of something Bill Heibel says every year. He says, the local church is the hope of the world. And one of his team members said this. He said, so often people forget the end of that quote. The local church is the hope of the world when it's working right. The local church is the hope of the world when it's working Right? And this team member mentioned that there are many churches all over the world who aren't working right, and they're not the hope of the world because they can't even bring hope to their church members, let alone reach out to the world, because they're not healthy. Listen, healthy churches work together. Healthy churches have a culture of teamwork, and that's what's going to keep us on mission and help us be healthy. Uh, I've worked for many, many years in different churches and uh, And I have to tell you, uh, Connect is is different than any church I've ever worked in. I remember the first church I ever worked in was a large church, but the culture of that church and the value of that church was we will hire professionals to do the work. It wasn't a church that had a lot of volunteers or people working together. They just hired people to do the work. I lasted there a little less than two years, and I was burned out and done. Because although I we had a big team i think there were 12 or 13 pastors on that staff it was ridiculous even though we had a giant staff we didn't have people helping us some of it was my fault i was young i was inexperienced i didn't know how to bring people in but listen one person doing all the work just burns out that's the way it works and if we want to be healthy we've got to work together make sense all right, let me give you a next step. Just one this week. Next step is this. Join a ministry team. You probably could guess that's where I was going today. I'm I'm hoping that many of you will today will make the decision I'm going to I'm I'm going to pick up a shovel, I'm going to pick up a broom. I'm going to decide to do whatever it takes to join a ministry team because I want to be a, a part of a healthy organization. Um I want to tell you, just quite honestly, I am so proud of Connect Church. Whenever we, have, whenever we have guests that come from out of town, one of the first things they mention is they can't believe how many volunteers we have. A lot of times we have out-of-towners that come for our 4th of July event, Free Love, and they're amazed by the sea of green shirts that are there working and feeding people and helping people have a great time on the 4th of July Uh, My friends and my family members that come on Sundays, they see all of you working in the kitchen and standing at the doors and, and volunteers in the kids' rooms. They're amazed at how many volunteers we have. It really is a unique thing that you all are a part of here. And yet we still need more. And this is where your Connect card comes in. So if you'll grab your Connect card, I just want to go over some of the opportunities and the needs that we have for uh, leaders and team members. And those, they're all listed there on the back of your card. So if you'll uh, take a look at that with me, let me go through some of them quickly. At the top of the page, we need more people for our cleaning crew. Uh, I, I'm so thankful... For those of you that clean this building every week, it's really remarkable. We have never had to hire somebody to clean. We've got a volunteer that mows the lawn and takes care of the outside of the grounds, and we've got volunteers that clean every week. But every once in a while, we have a week that we don't have people available to clean, so we could use some more. And even more importantly... We need a leader for this ministry. At this point, we have a collection of people that will serve, but we don't have anybody leading that ministry. And so we need somebody that will be responsible for scheduling, responsible for training, helping people get in and out of the building and just know what they're supposed to do. So if you've got an administrative gift, if that's kind of if you're good at organizing and helping people find their ministries, we would love to find a leader for that team. It's really critical. In the area of sound, Rich is running sound back there today, and uh, we don't need more sound engineers, but what we do need is some roadies. So if you like to work in that area and you'd like to hang out with super cool people, you can sign up for that ministry. Uh, Kids ministry needs lots of help, and uh, there's a description there of what our kids ministry is looking for. You could check that out. Our prayer ministry is a vibrant ministry that's so important. This is an area that is growing. Uh, Last week, we had two full printed pages of prayer requests, and those all go out to our prayer team members who pray throughout the week, and they call or email people and and just let them know that we're praying and pray with them if they're available. It's a great ministry. We could use more people there. The hospitality areas is food and drink and all of that kind of stuff. There's areas that you can uh, sign up for there, working on Sundays or bringing meals to people, Moms who have given birth or people who are sick, that's an area. And then Experience Family Life is right down there towards the bottom. This is a new initiative we're kicking off this fall. This is the brainchild of Pastor Bruce and his team. And let me tell you, I am so excited about this new ministry that's launching. And I'm also shaking in my boots because it's huge. Let me tell you what's going to be happening starting the middle of September. On Wednesday nights, we are going to fill this facility with families uh, for a family night of ministry. It's going to kick off with a meal that's going to be free for anybody that comes. And so we need a bunch of people who can cook and clean up. We're going to set up tables, and we'll have to move all of these chairs, set up tables for families to eat around. And then when the meal is over, the kids will go back to their ministry areas. We'll have a youth group uh, that has been on Thursday nights before. It will now be moving to Wednesday nights. And then adults will stay in here for small group ministry here. And I think even one of the small groups may be meeting at a home here in in our neighborhood. And so Wednesday night is going to be a huge night of ministry. But it's going to take an army of volunteers. We need people to set up and tear down. Uh, cook and clean. We need people to uh, work in kids ministry. We need people to work here with the adults. It's just a huge undertaking, and uh, we need way more people than we have at this point. I want to invite, uh, where are you? Are There you go, right in front of me. <laughs> the Daniels family. Would you come and share with us a little bit? We're starting a new discipleship ministry for kids starting in september that's based on a scouting model and so tom tell us a little bit about that would you please
1: that's all right no problem september 18th wednesday night come in as a family you sit down have family dinner we have some great experience people that are going to be teaching the boys and girls some awesome activities some fun things to do After that, they'll be breaking up their small groups, which we call Rural Rangers, in Impact. And a lot of you have heard that before, except it's going to be a little bit better than that. It's going to be stronger, faster, and better. And uh, so we're looking forward uh, to that. We need help in all those areas. Oh, by the way, September 4th is informational meeting. So if you're interested in finding out what we're going to do and what's going to happen, please come Wednesday night, September 4th.
2: He's my better half. But we work together and have worked as a team for many, many years in children's ministry in different states and different venues. The one thing that, as I was preparing this week to try to figure out what we're supposed to say and how we're supposed to present this, the Lord reminded me of a vision I had many, many years ago when we were in Washington State. And the vision was that the the Lord was playing on the beach with a whole bunch of kids, and they were laughing and having fun. And in that vision, the Lord showed me, he says, that's what my ministry to children is all about, is working with children, my delight, and the reason I've never gotten burned out in over 32 years of ministry with kids, is because when I see a child, and they get it, that just blesses my soul. Why would I not want to work with children? They are our foundation and our hope. I know that's been said many times before. But as a believer of God, every one of you have value. Your work, your history, your hopes. Every one of you have something that you can share with a child. And sometimes it's as simple as just listening to them. Or praying with them. And, yeah, we're going to need, it's going to be more than a team. We need your talents. We need your prayers. And we need your support. This morning, the Lord reminded me of that vision I had many years ago. And I was standing on the beach. He said, you know, the Bible says that if you build your house on sand, it's going to wash away. Or if you put it on a rock, you're, you're good to go. But then the Lord put something new in my heart. He dropped this nugget. He says, but when the water comes in, it makes that sand firm. Doesn't matter where you build your house, as long as you do it in the Lord. It's going to be firm. And that's the only thing I'm going to claim victory to. is I'm going to do it in the Lord, because I need you. I can't
0: do it by myself. Good. Thank you, Gina.
1: And um, I'm Rebecca, and I'm Tom and Dina's daughter. Um, I just wanted to to let you guys know that working with kids is an amazing adventure. Um, I've, I teach preschool children every single day at Heritage Christian Early Learning Center. And there's been days where I walk in and I'm just kind of totally dragged and tired and just not wanting to be there. And then all of a sudden, like, a little kid will just come up and give me a hug. And it just really excites me. And it gives me hope and gives me joy to work with kids. And... Um, all the times I've been working with children's ministry has just been a very enlightening, awesome experience. And it's what's really interesting is that every time that I do it, something new arrives. It's not, it's not boring. It doesn't get old because every time you meet a, a kid, even if it's the same kid that you've known a while, has really says something or does something that just makes you more excited to be with them. And... If you're feeling kind of old and, like, tired and it's like, oh, geez, there's nothing else for me, um, children's ministry would really change your perspective because it's just an amazing adventure and it's exciting and it just uplifts you in all kinds of awesome ways. And, you know, like my mom had said, just... Um, ministering, just being there and being present is very important to the kids. Just having somebody there because there's a lot of children out there who do not realize what they're missing in a relationship. So just being there for prayer, just shaking their hand or saying good job, even that is very impacting to a child. And um, there was a time last year where God had spoke to me when I was working in some children's ministry that these are my precious moments. And for the boys, these are my righteous warriors. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, God, what do you see in these kids? Help us to see that. You know, and even if you just know how to tie a shoe is a very impacting ministry in a way it can be. So.
0: Cool. Thank you so much. So this brand-new ministry, Discipleship for Kids, Rangers, And impact. We could really use some leaders there, and you can sign up there if you're interested in that, as well as those other areas in family life on Wednesdays. We can use some more parking connectors. I love our parking connectors, don't you? Um, And then I mentioned last week that we're forming a new team uh, that I'm calling the Connection Card Team. Uh, As our church grows, it has just become overwhelming for our staff to follow up all the people that need a phone call or an email or uh, we miss you or a card, all that kind of stuff. So we're forming a new team. That's that bottom thing on your card there. We had 16 people last Sunday sign up. Uh, that's awesome, but we could use a few more if you're interested in that. If you like to talk on the phone, if you r- like to write letters, uh, you can be a part of that team. That team will be meeting during the day, so we especially need people that have time during uh, a weekday. And uh, we'll get you more information on that if you want to be a part of it. And, of course, Catapalooza coming up in two weeks. You can sign up on your connection card or talk to Ben or uh, Aubrey or Cameron. Thank you for the help. And uh, lots of ways to volunteer. We need you. Uh, There's plenty of room on our team for lots more people. So uh, will you please join our team and be a part of what makes Connect healthy and keeps us on mission working together. I want us to pray together. And uh, if you will take just a moment, consider signing up for a ministry team. And, uh, and then we're going to pass the baskets in just a second. But before we do, I want us to pray. And so will you just bow your heads with me? And uh, let's ask the Lord to do something in our community. Father God, I am just so grateful for the opportunity to work with such a great group of people. You have just blessed Connect Church beyond what we deserve. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't stand in awe of the gift of salvation that you have given me, and I feel so honored to have the privilege of leading this group of people. But Lord, I can't do it alone. I know I can't do it alone. Our leaders that are in place here can't do it alone. We need teams. And so today, Lord, will you just move on our hearts, those of us that uh, especially are not yet involved in a ministry team, or those of us that could even go Uh, a little further, could do a little more. Lord, will you just help us to make wise decisions, and will you empower us, Lord, to work together like a well-oiled machine to stay on mission and to stay healthy. Lord, we don't want anybody to burn out. We want to work together, carry one another's burdens, and reach the world because we believe that the local church is the hope of the world, and we want to do our part to reach the world with the message of Jesus. And so uh, today, Lord, we, we put our hand to the plow and we offer our gifts and our service to you. In Jesus' name.